Welcome to the Cosmos in You podcast, where we interview scientists, philosophers, and leading thinkers to discuss the nature of our reality and the impact it has on our daily lives. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Cosmos in You. This is Susanna Scully, your host. This is the first podcast I have posted in a while, so welcome back to all those who have been listeners and to those who are tuning in for the first time. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm really excited to have you here. Um, Today's interview is oh, going to be such a good one. I'm so excited for you all to listen to this. So today I interview a psychic medium, Laura Lynn Jackson. I came to find out about her through a close friend of mine who is grieving and um, has been using her to communicate with her lost loved one, and she has truly been transformational to them. Um, And then I got my hands on Laura's new book called The Light Between Us, and I don't even know what to say. This book is such a game changer. It was I could not put it down. I have every page bunny-eared. It's all underlined. It is truly, um, I think someone on the book wrote, a spiritual game changer. It really is. So I was very, very excited to be able to interview her and have her share the messages and truths about our reality um, and how to navigate our path. So Who is Laura Lynn Jackson? She is a high school English teacher, interestingly, um, and psychic medium who's been certified by the Winbridge Institute for Applied Research in Human Potential. And for those of you who have listened to this podcast, you know that I have interviewed the head of the Winbridge Institute, Dr. Julie Baishal. And um, if you haven't, I highly recommend going back and listening to that episode uh, where she talks about the rigorous scientific process um, she puts these mediums through and um, to study them. And only, I think there's about 20 of them who have passed the test. Um, so, um, and Laura Lynn Jackson is one of those 20 people. Um, she's also been certified by the Forever Family Foundation, which I only learned about in this book. Um, but it was a couple who lost their daughter and started this uh, organization to help grieving parents. Um, so, and they use uh, Laura Lynn Jackson to help in that process. Um, she lives on Long Island with her husband and three children. And as I said, she has her first book coming out this month, which is being published by Random House and again is called The Light Between Us. So in this episode, we discuss free will versus fate. Oh, this is so good. We answer, do we have the free will to chart the course of our lives or are our futures already mapped out for us? This is something I have struggled with and trying to navigate and she just lays it out so beautifully for us. Um, We talk about the relationship between modern science and the messages that she is receiving from the other side. So again, through quantum physics, which if you listen, you know, we talk a lot about this. And um, her brain has been studied by some of the greatest scientists. And we talk a little bit about that. Um, We talk about how we, meaning you and I, can communicate with the other side on our own and receive guidance about our path. So Laura Lynn Jackson has a waiting list of four years right now. So, you know, getting an appointment with her is not possible unless you want to wait four years. So I asked her to help us. How how can we do it on our own? And she is a full believer of how we can do it on our own. And then finally, we talk about how if you are stuck in your life, how to get back in the flow and we go step by step through it. Um, And then I have to share one little funny story that um, I'm recording this right now after our interview. So I can share this. Um, In our interview, you'll listen. She says that one of the ways that the other side talks to us, um, communicates with us is through our cell phones. And and she says because it works on electromagnetic um, field spectrum. I'm not using the right words, but, um, because they can control energy, they can do that. And I share a story in the podcast of how this happened to me last week. Well, after this interview, I ran downstairs to use the restroom. I came back upstairs 
and there was a voicemail, a missed call and a voicemail from a number I didn't know in Texas. So I listened to it and the voicemail was silent. Then I call the number back and I get a do-do-do. The number you were trying to reach is no longer in service. Thank you. Beep. I'm like, oh my God. So I, I emailed Laura immediately. I'm like, I, I don't know how to explain. I just started laughing. I just started laughing. I started looking around me as if I'm, I guess I'm sur- surrounded by this other side. And now that the floodgates have been opened, that they can talk to me via my cell phone, it's it's actually a little spooky, uh, but in a good way. But anyway, so I just have to share. It may not make sense, this story, until you listen to the episode, but it will after. So, um, all right, uh, that is it. I can't wait for you to listen. Please share with me what you think. Um, jump on our Facebook, Twitter page. Um, email me, you know, however. I just, I love hearing from you and connecting with all of you. And without further ado, let's jump in. Hi, Laura. Thank you so much for being here today. Hi, Susanna. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Well, as I was just sharing in our pre-interview, I am beyond excited to have you here. And just to give our audience a bit of context, um, uh, Laura has been helping a friend of mine who's going through a grieving process and has truly been uh, uh, transformational in helping that grieving process. So um, that's that's how I came across Laura. And then I just finished her book, um, The Light Between Us. And as I shared with her on the pre-interview, it is, as I saw someone else call it, a spiritual game changer. It is phenomenal. So thank you for being here today. Thank you so much for your kind words. Yeah. So um so I'd love to start with having you tell us a bit about you uh, to give people context. Can you please tell them about the double secret life that you've been living <laughs> over the last 20 years? Yeah, sure. It's been an adventure. It's been an experience. You know, for the last, you know, just about 20 years, I've been, you know, I've been a mom, I've been a wife, and I've also been a high school English teacher the whole time. And I really felt, um, you know, pulled to to both teach, but I have this ability that I, I've always wanted to use to help people. And so I've been doing readings and being a psychic medium in secret. Um, I secretly tested for um, the research organization um, that I can be a research medium um, with scientists to help figure out how this works, how my brain works, and how I'm able to do this. And I, I tested and volunteer for a grief um, uh, organization called Forever Family Foundation, where I can volunteer my time to help uh, people who are grieving. I work a lot with grieving parents and do grief retreats and all sorts of wonderful experiences, helping and connecting people here with their loved ones on the other side. Um, and then I also did private readings. So I'd come home from school and I would do, you know, uh, readings usually in the afternoons and at nights and on the weekends. And my, my husband watched the kids and um, it was all going very smoothly until uh, I ended up uh, doing a, a big event at a local college for the Forever Family Foundation to help people in grief and p- schools, uh, teachers at the school found out. So I had to come out to my principal at work and it, it turned out to be an extraordinarily wonderful experience. And, you know, I shouldn't have been fearful of it from the start, but for so long, I was so worried to merge the two paths. And then it's just it, the other side took care of it for me, emerged them for me. And now here I am. Oh, well, I love that story, and I won't give it away, but the story of when the principal finds out about this um, yeah. is really, really, really incredible. Um, now, yeah, are, you, are you still teaching now? Um, right now, I'm on a leave of absence. Okay. I, I uh, took a leave of absence to work on finishing my book because it was just impossible for me to you know, have 135 students and 135 essays to grade every mm. week and, and try to write this book. And so you know, I, I took a deep breath in and I meditated a little and I, and I got a very clear message that it was time to focus on this. You know, I've always said to the other side, use me however I can best be used in this world. And whether that means teaching in a classroom or teaching in a new forum where I'm discussing our connections to one another and the other side. Um, I'm 100% wherever I'm needed most. So that's where I am right now. <laughs> yeah. So let's, so I want to jump into the book again. It's called The Light Between Us. Um, and you said in the book that you, that you wrote it because you wanted to, and this is a quote, open up to the possibility that there is more than just our traditional way of looking at the world, that the universe operates on a principle of synchronicity, an unseen force that connects events and invests everything we do with meaning. Can you tell us more about that? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, first, I want to preface it with I had absolutely no intentions to write this book. I had no plan to. Huh. I was just going through my life trying to help as many people as I as I possibly could. But along the way, I found that every time I did a reading, I was learning these amazing lessons through these readings, through the messages that were coming through from the other side about how people here should be living and about love and forgiveness and our interconnectedness. And one day I went, I was on hall duty at work and I sat down and I had this, what I call a download from the other side. It was as if I had a seven hour conversation with the universe in a millisecond. And the information was that all along they were putting me in a sort of classroom doing these readings, but that these messages were meant to be shared and that I was going to be writing a book. It wasn't like, would you write a book? Would you consider that? It <laughs> yeah. was like, boom, you're going to be writing a book. This is what's going to happen. And they showed me my whole path for the next few years. And, and I came home from work that day and I said to my husband, um, you're not going to believe this, but um, I'm writing a book and I need to share the lessons that the other side wants us to know. And um, you know, he, he's been married to me long enough to know how this works. And he's like, Okay, right, that's here great. We go. <laughs> um, and you know what? The real reason is, is because we don't talk about these things together and we need to, we need to open our hearts and our minds to the idea that this universe is such a magnificent and mysterious and larger place than we can ever conceive of and that we are all connected to one another in profound ways. You know, there's a term called entanglement that the scientists use and it's this idea that all of our lives and all of our energy is entangled, you know, and that we're also connected we are connected to our loved ones on the other side. They are still very much present in our lives. That death is not this end. It's a doorway to a continued experience. And they are trying all the time to get through to us, to send us messages. You know, it's a new language we need to learn with them, but it's absolutely real. And I know that it has completely changed how I live my life. It's changed how I view my relationships with people I'm connected to. It's made me see how unbelievably meaningful, simple gestures can be. It's made me understand how to navigate my path um, in times of trial and tribulation uh, in a clear and um, beautiful way. And it's helped me understand why some things sometimes happen and how they enable us to grow. You know, the other side's always talking to me about the earth being really a classroom to experience love, both giving our love and receiving love from others. And we're all invested in each other's lives and paths. And so we're all growing and rising together. And I, I think that when I got this, you know, directive from the universe that I was doing this, I never questioned it. It was just, I understood why, because I, under, I understand how profoundly this experience of doing these readings and understanding this has changed my world. And I want that for other people. I want them to experience it as well. Mm, wow. I mean, I could dive into so many things that you you just gave. But talk about a divine download. That was, you know, so much in, in, in 30 seconds. Um, one of the things that you mentioned in there that I want to dive a little deeper into is you talk about, um, you said, it's been helping to navigate your own path. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the things you talk about in your book is this idea of free will versus fate. And if it's okay, I want to read a, a passage from that. Um, oh, absolutely. To give people context. Um, and, um, that, and I found this incredibly profound and helpful. Um, so I'll read this part and then I'd love to have you talk about it in, in, your, in your words. Um, so again, you're talking about free will versus points of fate. Our existence is mapped out by a dazzling array of destination points that are in place before we are born. These are the points of fate, a continuum of crucial events, decisive moments, and significant people that constitute our time here. Think of them as stars in the night sky, a collection of beacons spread across a broad canvas. Oh, God, this is so beautiful. I just love this. So can you tell us more about this? Yeah, absolutely. You know, whenever I read, I, I get a lot um, visually and in images. And so the other side showed me a long ago uh, how, how we're steered here. I think it's like this a fundamental question we've all had. You know, what is, what is fate versus free will? When I was in my English classroom with my students, we were always exploring that idea. You know, what, what is fated? What choice do we have? And I've really come to understand through the readings I've done that there are certain beautiful moments, events, um, people that we are meant to encounter and experience, but it is how we 
embrace those moments, those decisions, and those people that create the picture of our lives. And that is where our free will comes in. From what the other side tells me, our free will matters more than anything. And then I want you to think about the fact that each of us is connected to an extraordinary number of other people's lives and that every choice we make, every free will choice we make will sway or affect another person's uh, path as well. And we, it starts to become clear that when you focus on love and when you focus on making choices based in love and not fear, that your world expands and you become really the best version of yourself that you can. And in doing that, you take a very high-level path and, in, and you're able to help others through that as well. So I, I think for me, it was such an extraordinary lesson to learn. You know, sometimes difficult situations happen as well to people. And uh, it's, really, it's really how you deal with it that matters the most. And I think it's important to not take a path of fear. You know, fear, fear makes us kind of shrink our energy and we always worry the what ifs and this and that, but to embrace it with love and say, okay, the universe is offering this opportunity. Even though I may be scared, I'm going to move forward in love. And, and I think that, you know, it's kind of like a connect the dots picture. Mm-hmm. You decide if that picture is going to be this gorgeous, sparkling, beautiful work of art, or if it's going to be dark and scribbly, you know? So it's kind of like that. And so coming back to these uh, beacons of light, these points, if somebody, let's take somebody who is operating out of a place of fear in their life, um, and they keep making decisions that are small, right? Um, Fear-based decisions. Do those points of fate continue to show up um, for them? So uh, does that make sense? Yes, yeah. it absolutely makes sense. Yeah, okay. And yes, it is. You know, typically we ha- we have different experiences and different tests, so to speak, or different times we can grow our soul. It's not like it's going to change the points that are there. It's just that maybe, you know, let's say the the, the picture you're going to create is this uh, beautiful star. Okay. okay? Yeah. Um, maybe one line of that star is a little wonky and wobbly uh-huh. when you were struggling, <laughs> but the rest is gorgeous, you know, so the overall picture is great. It, you know, I think that the other side and the universe gives us a a lot of opportunities to grow. I think that the universe and the universe is really, you know, my word for God. I look at the universe as this all-encompassing force of love. You know, I think that we're all given so many opportunities to grow in love and to become the best versions of ourselves. It's not like if we make a, a wrong decision at any one point, the rest of the picture is gone. Right. We can always explore and grow and change and blossom and all those wonderful things. There is always hope and there is always love and there's always beauty that we can tap into because each of us are part of that. We're, we're inextricably, inextricably linked to that. You know, we can't be separated from it ever. It's just some of us forget, I think. Mm-hmm. And do you, if, well, I should guess I should ask first, do you believe that we live multiple lifetimes? You know, I certainly wasn't raised with that belief. Uh-huh. I was raised Lutheran okay. and, you know, but everything I've learned from the other side, absolutely I do. You know, I, I have, I've been spoken by the other side about that. Um, I'm very interested in, you know, past life uh, information too. There's, if you, if you're interested in anything like that, Jim Tucker out of the University of Virginia does a lot of research there that is just uh, fascinating. He works a lot with young children who have past life recall. Um, Dr. Brian Weiss has amazing books on the subject too, the first of which is Many Lives, Many Masters, which is about how he was this Yale-trained psychiatrist who was using regression therapy to help his patients with phobia. And they, you know, this one woman suddenly remembered a past life from like the 1500s and cured her phobia and brought through all these amazing messages. And I think this is, this is all illustrating the same point that this universe is so much larger and more filled with love than we can even begin to imagine, but it's there for all of us to tap into and explore. I was raised by two teachers, and I was raised to be a critical thinker, and that's how I've always embraced the world. It's how I you know, taught my students in my classroom to be. It's what I encourage my children to be, and it's what I hope readers of this book will be and people who want to explore this idea. You know, it's, it's to question. It's to go on a journey to search for your own answers and to find your own truths. You know, I think it's um, it's normal to go through life being skeptical, and I think it's even healthy, but you have to be open at the same time. So you have to question and explore, but be open. And I feel that when you do that, 
the world just blossoms. It's an extraordinary journey. And that's really the journey I've been on since, you know, from being a little child to now, this extraordinary journey where I found out these truths. Mm, that's so beautiful. Um, coming back to this love versus fear. So if uh, a listener is listening in right now, and let's say they're struggling with their path and what to do next, um, can you help walk us through of, of how they think through this making a decision out of love versus fear? Sure, sure. Well, let's say, here's the thing. I think all of us come in with our own gifts. Mm-hmm. And it's our job, it's our responsibility to ourselves and to one another to discover what those gifts are and then share them with the world. So there might be one individual who's working in a certain career or a certain job, let's say, maybe works in an office, but has an incredible singing voice. It's truly beautiful, but has never fully explored that. Maybe it's time for that person to honor that pull and that gift and go figure out where that path will lead. Maybe it, it means singing, um, you know, in a certain setting or sharing that or changing a career path. But it's about honoring that pull and honoring the light within you to find out your true path. That's living a love path. A living a fear path would be to be aware of that beautiful gift you have, but be too frightened by change to move forward to explore it. You know, to me, that's what it's about. It's about exploration. It's about honoring your truths, honoring your light, and sharing them with the world. Because then you're your best version of yourself. You're your authentic self, and you're going to help others by doing that as well. Mm, and that's so neat because it goes back to what you were saying before that that every decision we make affects another. And so, f- to use that example of that listener, if it's a singing voice, that perhaps them singing then affects inspires another person or motivate right like it's not just about you music heals and i I think music also elevates our energy so you never fully know the role you're actually playing in one another's lives you know until you cross and do your life review and then you get to understand it in an instant but you know it's it's extraordinary the effect you have on others lives Mm, it's amazing yeah um so uh the next thing i want to talk about is um grief and the other side. So in the book, you talk about these cords of light that connect us to the other side. Um, Can you tell people a bit more about that? Sure. So, you know, I've always... I've always seen and felt this connection we have with one another. And as I developed my abilities more and more, it became more and more pronounced where I would see these actual beautiful cords of like silver white light going and connecting people here. And when I read, connecting us to people on the other side. When I I read, I get a a split screen. It's kind of like a widescreen TV that goes on in my inner mind. And mediumship is always on the left hand, the uh, right hand side for me. My psychic works on the left hand, mediumship comes in on the right and they people who come in from the other side those spirits they always show up first as points of light before they show me anything else and from what i understand is like we return to that source that source we become this kind of light energy so it doesn't surprise me that i see it as you know connections people being connected by these cords of light as well um and those cords can never be broken i think anytime we show kindness and we show love to somebody a cord is connected So we end up having these amazingly beautiful energy grids of light. You know, I I was trying to explain it to someone the other day and I said, have you ever been on an airplane and they show you like the flight maps and it's like these white Mm, cords? Like it's, it's similar to that, (laughs) but times it by a billion, you know? So it's this beautiful light that I see and, and it's, it's what connects all of us. And I think we can feel it. I think all of us have this ability. We just don't talk about it, you know? So we feel like even if someone you love is not near you, it's like you can feel that connection. And it's no different in a sense, like it, whether they're here on earth, but not around you or on the other side, not around you, because that, that cord is always going to be there. It will always tie you. It's almost like this invisible, invisible fishing line. And if one of you tugs on one end, the other one can feel it. It's really, it's kind of beautiful. And coming back to when you said in the beginning about talking about quantum entanglement, um, Again, this goes to quantum physics, the science of when they take subatomic particles yes. and put them on other sides of the world, you you shift one, the other one shifts. I mean, and we it's, are made it's phenomenal. Of, yeah, we are made of subatomic particles. So none of what you are saying, it is all in line with what they are discovering in science. 
you know what I find so interesting is that I get my information from the other side and then I, I end up talking to the quantum physicists because I work with some of them doing, you know, testing and we're getting the same thing. Yes. It's just, it's, it's phenomenal to me. And I truly believe that quantum physics is going to be able to prove, um, the afterlife, the existence of consciousness after a bodily death. I, I feel like that's, that's how we're going to be able to solve it scientifically at some point. And I don't think it's that far off. You know, there are already extraordinary experiments going on that are proving such fascinating, interesting things. And interestingly enough, almost all of them have to do with light energy. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's, that's, that's, that you're at the intersection of what most fascinates me. Um, and I was watching a PBS special. It's called um, The Physics of Light. Mm -hmm. um, it's on Amazon Prime right now. Um, but anyway, they went through uh, Einstein's life and what he discovered. And the way they were describing um, uh, light, electromagnetic light coming through was exactly how I hear the spiritual uh, thought leaders, you and other people describing it. And I'm like, this is exactly the same. It's so beautiful, right? Yeah. It's all in tandem. Yeah. It really is. Um, yeah. yeah, it's beautiful. And one of the examples that you gave that I thought was really neat um, was that during grief, when you feel the sadness and when you feel the pain, you called it tugging on that cord of light. Right. Um, yes. And so when people are going through grief, and I have to say this year, I don't know what's going on this year, if you've seen more, but I, I can only speak for myself that I've I've lost more people this year than I have in many years combined. Oh, um, thank you. I don't know what seems to be going on, but this idea of um, going through the grief and how do you help people process it, make sense of it, be in it? It's like, what's your truths that you've you've come across with grief? Well, you know what I've found for, for me is, and I feel really humbled and honored to be able to do this. I find that because of the nature of my work, because I'm connecting with those who have crossed, I swim into people's grief where I think other people tend to shy away. And to me, it's such an intimate journey. And I feel so honored when people let me in to do this work. Um, I think grief is a journey that is a winding road and that is different for everyone. I think the greatest way we can embrace our love for someone who is crossed is to dive headfirst into that grief and not try to shelve it and not try to put it away. And the other side people there, this, the energy there, the spirits, there, they want us to know there really is no death. They are always trying to help us through our grief because the basis of all that grief is love. It's the same thing. It's that love that unites us. The physical loss is extremely difficult and we're not able to physically hug or physically speak to those people that we love. However, if we open our minds and hearts, we're going to be able to hear and perceive a whole new language. And we're going to be able to feel them and understand that they are still absolutely the so much part of our lives. They see, they know, they celebrate with us. And they have, you know, they there are so many occasions I've had where people on the other side are bringing up that they want their loved ones here to celebrate. I remember doing um, uh, a, a conference. I volunteered at uh, in in uh, November of 2014 uh, Forever Family Foundation, and I was bringing through um, a young man who had crossed. You know, he was I think 20, and he was you know his dad was there, and he was having me say to his dad. He was saying to his dad, you know, um, I like that. You know, you used to sell it. We used to celebrate Christmas. I love that. Could you please put the tree up again? And when you and mom were supposed to go on vacation right after Christmas last year and you canceled it. And so I had to sit home and watch you too. Like I would have gone on vacation with <laughs> you, you know, and that would have been fun. So yeah. could we please do fun things? And I think he was just trying to get his father to understand that celebrating that connection and celebrating that love is so important. They don't want us to be sad. They don't want us to live crippled, you know, diminutive lives because because we are, are so overwhelmed by the loss. They want to, us to know that they're going to be with us. They want us to live vibrantly and fully. They want us to celebrate. They want us more than anything to honor our connection with them. So anytime we direct our thoughts and say, I feel you here, I, I see you here. Anytime we do 
anything in their name that's of beauty to help other people, they are with us. Whether it's uh, doing a, a walk, they will be walking with us. If it's doing a fundraiser, they will be with us. And that brings them so much joy because it proves these cords of light and it shows their influence still. They are still very much alive, not in a physical form, but in an energy form. And they are still very much working with us. They tell me all the time about teams of light. You know, I'll hear about how they're working with, you know, their mom and dad here to be a team of light and create things. You know, even the Forever Family Foundation was founded by Bob and Fran Ginsburg, who lost their daughter Bailey. She crossed to the other side and she has come through and she is one of the forces behind this wonderful organization. And so she and her parents have worked as this team of light to bring love and healing to all these thousands of people. So there's a whole team on the other side who's always looking to get involved and work with us here and help us through our grief and help us reach out to other people. And that's another thing they've taught me is that grief, they don't want us to be alone. They want us to reach out to others. They don't want us to isolate ourselves. They want us to lean on one another, allow other people's love in, you know, feel that connection. That's what they want for us as well. Mm. Um, this this idea of this team of light, I know when I have gone in for psychic or medium readings, um, they will say that there is a, um, you know, there are different people all around me. Um, can you help walk people through um, what what or who is around us at, at any given time that we can't see? Absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. Well, I've come to the understanding that all of us, number one, have spirit guides and they're really our teachers and our mentors on the other side. I don't get very hung up on like names and who they are. I don't mm-hmm. think we're meant to. I think that they're just there to guide us. Sometimes they steer us in the right direction with a gut level. Sometimes they'll give us a pull to be in like a certain place at a certain time. When we happen to run into somebody that we haven't seen in five years and have this great reconnection and a beautiful path of light friendship, you know, reemerges, um, they'll, they'll help us on our path always, you know, they'll send us signs and messages. So we've got that. We've got our, our mentors, you know, our, our spirit guides and, you know, they can be extremely helpful and you can ask them for help at any time. Um, and then of course we have our loved ones who we're connected to on the other side and they always want us to know they're around and they always want us to be on our best path. And so they'll help us too. And they'll help, you know, I think they can intervene at times too and help make things easier from what I understand the more we ask, the more they can do. You know, I think there's some sort of rules that they're not allowed to just do things unless we invite them to. And so I'm constantly aware of that. I'm always asking, you know, sometimes I'll be in traffic and I'll say, you know, to somebody on the side, one of my relatives, you know, hey, can you, can you help that along? Or <laughs> yeah. I'll thank you. Thank you for helping me. You know, it could be silly things like that. But um, I believe that, uh, you know, they are always, they're always present and they're always it's like we have cheerleaders on the other side for us. We always have this team of light who wants to help. And then when I read for some people, um, sometimes I will see what I call like a hierarchy of light beings. And when I see that, I know that the person I'm reading for is involved in some much greater mission for humanity in some way and is connected with um, other people who are also on that same mission. So there's all sorts of teams and different levels that are going on. And I think it switches sometimes depending on the, what you're doing in your life or, you know, sometimes I'll see timelines for people and it'll be for the next seven years, you're going to be working on this project, you know, with humanity. And then for the next two, we're going to be on to another one. And so I think that there's some, you know, shifting that takes place, but I think that we all are on different teams and we all have support and we're all connected to one another. And I think there are teams of light here too. I think we're connected to each other in ways we don't understand. And I think when we open to those pools, we we run into the people we're supposed to. We connect with the people we're supposed to. And when we do meet the people we're meant to connect with, we can feel that and we honor that and we nurture that relationship. And I think that's so beautiful. It's kind of like being in this flow of light. It's wonderful. You know, I remember experiencing that myself when I had left a corporate job and I became a coach. Um, and all of a sudden, exactly what you just described, these beings, these people, um, came into my life and they are still in my life. Literally what felt like out of nowhere. I didn't work to become friends with them. I didn't. They were just fellow um, light workers for another lack of a term, you know, and literally just out of one way or another. And this group formed that took zero effort on my end. But it's back to what you were saying that when you're in that flow, those people were along there with me. 
It's so beautiful how that happens. It's like when you open to the universe and you trust in it, it's just, it flows right in. It's like a river of light and you're, you're, you're just pulled along with it. It's really quite magical. It is magical. I love that word magical. Um, coming back to how to ask for help. Um, so if people are listening and they feel stuck, um, and they feel like they keep trying things, it's not working or, you know, um, can you tell us a bit more about what that looks like to ask for help from your spirit guides and your loved ones? Sure. Well, my favorite thing is to get tangible signs so that I know that we made the connection, they hear me, and they're giving me Mm. an answer. Um, So, you know, I always tell people you should ask your loved ones and your guides for signs that you're on the right path. Or let's say you you really want to make a change and you want to know, like, this is what I'm feeling. Is this my highest path? Ask them to send you a sign. Now, the more creative you are, the more of a wonderful experience it's going to be when you get your sign. Let me preface it with this. If we don't set up signs with our loved ones, there are some kind of standard ones they will always send us. And they've told me why, and I'll explain. One of the easiest things for the other side to do is to manipulate electricity. So you might get blank cell phone messages or your TV might, you know, shut off. Or, you know, sometimes they've had to apologize during readings. They'll, they'll bring up like, sorry, I broke your refrigerator last week. I was trying to make myself known and I'm not good at throwing my energy, you know. And the person I'm reading for will say, oh, my gosh, I did. Like, that cost me a lot of money. They'll laugh about it. But um, so that's one way. Uh, Sending us coins. You know, a lot of people will talk about, like, dimes, pennies, that sort of thing. It's very easy for them to manipulate metal. I think anything metallic Hmm. for some reason, maybe because it's an energy thing, they can do. And the other thing is birds and butterflies. And I have a theory on that because birds and butterflies are both guided by electromagnetic fields. So I think that the other side can easily kind of manipulate them in our paths and get them to us. But they can be way more creative than that. So if you establish a sign with your loved ones, they'll get it to you. I asked my you know, relatives on the other side for aardvarks, armadillos, and anteaters because those are not common. Right. And when I get them, I know that you know 100% they've heard me loud and clear. But you can change it at any, at any time that you want. You know, I... I about a year ago, I did my first uh, really big speaking engagement for about you know 600 people talking about the light between us. And after I got up the stage, I said to my guides, could you just send me one sign? I want you to send me an orange, like the fruit, mm-hmm. that I, I honored your message and I did the right thing. And with that, we all got up and we walked out to lunch and it was at this restaurant and on display where I kid you not about 2,000 oranges. That was the decor. (gasps) And I started started crying because I was so unbelievably moved. And this is what I mean. When you open up, when you ask for the signs and you start this new language, you're going to get your signs. And so for me, that was huge because I knew that I was on my best path and that I had honored the message in the right way. And I think that's an extraordinary thing to feel that connection and to feel that team of light and that love supporting you and helping you because none of us are ever alone. It's just, it's just that some of us are maybe so numb or tuned out that we don't feel that love and presence, but it, it is always there. So I encourage people to always create a dialogue with the other side, create, create you know, messages and signs, you know, create a new language. You know, so in reading your book, um, so I have two very quick stories that I experienced exactly what you're just saying. Um, One of them was while I was at a funeral of a dear friend last week, um, when I left the funeral, I had a voicemail and it was just beautiful music. It was 15 seconds of beautiful music from a number I didn't know. Oh my gosh. Then I... We, I, I pressed the number to call it back to find out what, what that was. And it rang and all it says was, circuits are busy. Thank you. Click. That, I was chills. like, that is so amazing. Oh my that God. Is, <laughs> see, they will try. They will, get, yeah. they will get you your messages. And they are so creative and extraordinary in how they do it. Yes. And that's what I was saying before. They'll use cell phones a lot. Yes. They are able to manipulate that. Mm-hmm. And had I not known that, I was reading it in your book and then that happened. And then, and then I said, before I went to sleep the night of the funeral, I said, um, okay, Scott is my friend. I said, okay, Scott, show me a sign. I closed my eyes, think of the sign. And I thought a frog. Okay, great. So I was like, <laughs> okay, random frog. Fine. Um, so it was the night before I went to sleep. I woke up in the morning. I'm doing a spelling test with my son, getting him ready. My six-year-old son. And the word was from. So I said from. And my three-year-old daughter says, from? That sounds like frog. Frog, frog, oh froggy, my frog, gosh. frog, frog. You know, and I'm this like, is the what? other side. Can use anybody to be a messenger yeah. and deliver messages. It's amazing. I love it. And children are so open to begin They're with. So that open. is so beautiful. Yeah. I was like, wow, that was, Scott, you were quick. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Impressive. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So let's say, for example, because of this birds and butterflies, I, I love and I pay so much attention to, and I see this 
all the time. Whenever I see a bird coming or butterfly, I pay attention to what I was just thinking about or what's happening. Like when we see that, what should we be noticing? Or like, do you see what I'm saying? Like, how do we translate it essentially? Well, I think sometimes birds and butterflies can just be flying by. So sure. I think it's important to examine like what you were connecting with at the time. First of all, are you going through something and you're thinking, are you upset at the moment and, and feeling alone? And then you feel like this is a connection to someone else. Because when I get information too, it's not just on one level. There is a, there's like, you know, sometimes you have a feeling or a sense of things as well, like clear sentience. You can experience and feel things. So I think that sometimes a bird can just be a bird, but not if you're thinking of, should I be doing this? Send me a sign. Or not if you've already established that as a sign with somebody. Let's say you're sitting down and you're, you're really sad because you're missing someone and then a butterfly comes right to you. Mm. Well, I would take that as the, yeah. you know, that's your loved one trying really hard to, to give you a kiss, you know, or a hug or a hello or blow you a kiss, you know, and I think it's really important in those moments to honor that. Because imagine how hard they work to get us signs, and then what do we do? We get all analytical on it. Yes. So, um, no. Oh, I'm going to dismiss it. You know, they worked so hard to get it to us. So just the beautiful thing you can do is say, I, I hear you. I feel your presence. Thank you so much. And you don't have to say it out loud. You can just say it in your mind. And that's the language. That's the discourse that goes on then. And that's the connection. And that's honoring that light between the two of you. So I think that's so important to do, to let them know that we hear them loud and clear and we got the message. Mm, so beautiful. Um Okay. So what are other ways? Um, so as I was just talking to you before, I'll just share with our listeners. Um, so you've been doing medium readings, but as of late, um, as you've written your book and the book is going to be coming out um, at the end of the month, um, you've become so busy that I think you shared, do you have a four, four year waiting list? Is that right? Yeah. It's, oh. it's just jumped. It's just jumped in the last like, <laughs> Crazy. You know, it, yeah. So for me, it's so important. I want to help so many people, but my true belief is that we all have these abilities and I don't think you need a medium to connect with your loved ones on the other side. You can do it. And like we were just talking about, anybody in your life can also deliver messages. So I think it's just really important to open your mind and heart to this. You know, I teach um, psychic and spiritual development classes where I just teach people how to open and how to, you know, learn this new language and how to um, open their minds and hearts. And, you know, I talk about the four clairs with them a lot. There's um, there's clairvoyance, which is clear seeing. And, and that's, you know, getting pictures and images uh, in your mind. It's what I do when I read. I watch my screen. But for most people who aren't maybe as developed or, or getting started with it, they might get a lot in their dreams. You know, a lot of times mm. we can get visits from our loved ones in our dreams, or we can have symbolic dreams that have um, information about things that are coming up on our path. Um, there's clear audience. So that, that once that just means you kind of clearly hear, and that means that you can, um, you know, connect with loved ones on the other side. And, and it's almost like you hear it as if it's a thought, you don't hear it outside, but you might hear a name or a phrase, or you might hear like, go there or do this or, or something like the night I met my husband, I was really cranky. I was in a bad mood. I didn't want to meet anybody. I was like, mm, I don't want to be here. And as I went to shake this, his hand, I heard this voice say to me, be open just like that and I said okay I'll be open to the situation and ended up marrying him and you know 16 years later and three kids were yeah. happy as can be like <laughs> thank gosh I wasn't you know so close down so I think you know opening and just being aware if you hear things you know also if you hear a song playing in your head that's probably you know significant pay attention a little bit it can be our loved ones trying to communicate um there's clear cognizant and, and that just means it's just a knowing it's just you know information you don't know how you know it but you know it and it's really important to honor that. I, I say that like that has a lot to do with gut pulls. Like you just know you need to do something. You feel this or it's very important for us to acknowledge when we have that and not dismiss it. And then the last of it is clairsentience and that's clear feeling. And it's, it's kind of like you can feel energy, but it also can be, um, sensory impressions of loved ones. You know, a lot of times one of the things that they'll do, um, is you'll, you'll, you'll smell a certain scent that, that is associated with somebody you love on the other side, whether it's a perfume or if they were a smoker or something like that, you know, you, you'll pick up on that. So I think being open to those four things, um, and just being aware and acknowledging when they happen, the more you open, the, the more you continue to blossom. It's like a flower that just continues to open up. And I think when we honor that we all have these abilities and these gifts and we're willing to explore them, 
it, it becomes this miraculous journey of light and uh, of extraordinary, you know, events and, and, and meetings. And, and it just, it changes your whole world. Yeah. It, it, I mean, the feeling I get is that you, you start to walk through the world with a sense of wonder, right? And A hundred percent. That's such a beautiful way to say it. That's exactly right. Mm. And and what is your feeling of, in the sense of, I guess this goes to fate versus free will, but there's, there's a great um, author, Michael Singer. I don't know if you've heard of him. He wrote The Untethered Soul, and then he just wrote a book called The Surrender Experiment. Anyway, um, in the book, The Surrender Experiment, he, he said how he has lived his life through a place of surrender in that he opens up to what comes to him and he's just had this wild ride. I mean, it's just wild. Yeah. Um, and I've always, and I want to interview him at some point because I, I'm very curious about this, um, surrendering to what comes to you versus, um, you know, it's the sort of like going with the current and rowing your paddles, right? The balance between the two. Um, and I don't know what, what are your thoughts on, on, on how you walk through life in balancing those two? Well, I've had to learn to feel my way through. I think so many times we get stuck in this kind of analytical part of our brain where we're like scrutinizing things and analyzing things and thinking it over and over and over and over. And I, I mean, I'll just share with you my experience with, with this book. I, I got the download from the other side and I was meant to do this and I knew I, I had to commit and it was July and I was supposed to return to teaching and I knew I just knew I had to blind my analytical mind to all like the fear things of why I shouldn't take a year off teaching to do this. I did not yet have a book deal. I did not have, and I, I put in my notice and you know, the minute I did that within two weeks, everything fell into place. It was like the universe was waiting for me to say, I'm open, I'm following and honoring this pull. And then boom, it responded. And I think it's so important for us to do that. And I think, you know, I think we all have these abilities. I think that we're born with them. And I think children are very, very in tune with all this. You know, I, I find that children up until around age like five to seven, most children are very open and, and psychic and connected and feel all that. And I think there's no coincidence that it starts to shut down right around age five to seven because that's when formal schooling starts and children are taught, you know, to really use that frontal part of their their brain for, you know, that's where our math, our language, our analytical skills, all that. I think fear goes on there too. You know, interestingly, when, when scientists, I work with a scientist called Dr. Jeff Tarrant, who does a lot of uh, mind mapping. So he mapped my brain when I was um, just in like regular mode. And then when I went into psychic mediumship mode and what he found was, was fascinating to me because I've always wondered, is my brain different? How does this work? He found that the whole frontal part, the, the brainwave activity in the frontal part of my brain, where all that analytical thinking goes on, turns down completely. It huh. shuts down completely when I start reading. And Areas of my brain light up in the back and the middle that mimic somebody who is in very deep meditative state. Only I'm wide awake and aware. Huh. And so what he seems to think and what the scientists seem to, to say is that there's some ability I have to kind of flick the switch to shut off that analytical and go back into the, the spiritual and this kind of connectedness we all share. And I think that we all have the ability to do that. I really believe that. And I think when it comes to surrendering, we need to shut off that first part, that frontal part of our brain and reconnect with those kind of this, the openness and the spirituality that we all are always connected to. And it, it sounds to me like that book really explores that idea and kind of teaches you how to do that. I know any time that I've done that in my life, when I've trusted my intuitive uh, pulls and my sense of knowing and my connectedness and what that tells me over like that fear and analyzing of the why nots or what this should be or how it, you should live, it has always led me on my highest path. Hmm. And I think once we learn to do that and we get in the practice of doing that, your entire life transforms. And when your entire life transforms, it's contagious. People around you sense it. They start to live more, you know, openly and connected. And it becomes so beautiful. And we all elevate each other. Mm, and it goes back to that beautiful image of the grid of lights. Yes, absolutely. We all help each other rise, you know? Mm, I love oh, this. It's really, and when you keep that metaphor in your mind and that visual in your mind and knowing that you are contributing to that, I mean, just that alone is inspiring to know to, to be trusting. 
Absolutely. You know, it, it teaches you how to live. It's like this path of light of how you should embrace the world and your role in this beautiful world. You know, your life is a gift. And I think we need to be reminded of that. You know, so many times I've had people on the other side, you know, who crossed uh, maybe because they weren't honoring, you know, the gift of their life so much. They did really risky behavior or something like this. They, they've shared like life is such a gift and you need to be cognizant of that. You need to honor your light. You need to honor your role here because it's so much greater than you can even imagine. Mm. It's, it's, it's beautiful. Mm. Well, Laura, thank you. This has been such talk about a gift. This conversation, I'm, I'm just so beyond thrilled that everybody gets to listen and to have the opportunity for you to share this wisdom from the other side. I mean, I feel like saying like people, if you're not listening, like, (laughs) you know, there's no excuses, people. Well, you know, I'm just so humbled and honored to be part of the process and to be allowed to deliver some of the other side's messages, you know, and, and to have conversations like this with you. It's just, it's so wonderful. It's such a wonderful exploration of, of the other side's ideas and, and their messages for us. So, you know, I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled to have had this opportunity. Thank you so much. Thank you for everything you're doing to help because you're being a light worker. You're helping open people's minds and hearts and you're being a teacher and a healer by doing this. So it's so beautiful that you, you've taken on that role and embrace that. Thank you. That means a lot. Thank you. There's definitely a lot of fears that come up too. So it's, you know, it's, (laughs) I am not without them. So thank you. Um, So tell, if you could share with everyone, um, again, your book, The Light Between Us is coming out when and where can people find it and all that good stuff. Oh, yes. So my book, The Light Between Us, is coming out on October 27th. It's available for pre-order right now on Amazon and Barnes and & Nobles and Target and Walmart and all those sort of um, you know retailers. Uh, I do have a website. It's www.lauralynnjackson.com, and that's L-A-U-R-A-L-Y-N-N-E-J-A-C-K-S-O-N.com. And on there, I have all like the links and information as well. Um, so I'm just, I'm just thrilled to be part of you know the conversation. And in, in about light in the world, you know, I, I feel really honored and, and really, really just so happy to be able to do that. Well, I know I speak on behalf of everybody. Thank you for the work that you are doing. And I can't wait for this to get in the hands of everyone. And I highly, highly, highly recommend everybody get this book because we didn't even scratch the surface um, of everything that's in this book. There is so much more um, in it and um, it has the potential to be truly life-changing. So I really recommend everybody um, get this and get it for your loved ones as well. So thank you, Laura. Thank you so much. I, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that interview as much as I did. And I would love to continue the conversation with each of you over at our Facebook page, which is facebook.com backslash cosmos in you or our Twitter page. The Twitter handle also is cosmos in you. And of course, at our website, cosmos in Again, thank you so much for listening in. I'm so grateful to each of you to be able to share this shared passion and look forward to seeing you next time.